0: REVERIES OF A BACHELOR By Eke Marvel This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fourth Reverie Morning, Noon, and Evening Preface It is a spring day under the oaks, The loved oaks of a once cherished home, Now, alas, mine no longer. I had sold the old farmhouse, and the groves, And the cool springs, where i had bathed my head in the heats of summer and with the first warm days of may they were to pass from me for seventy years they had been in the possession of my mother's family for seventy years they had borne the same name of proprietorship for seventy years the lairs of our country home often neglected almost forgotten yet brightened from time to time by gleams of heart-worship HAD HELD THEIR PLACE IN THE SWEET VALLEY OF ELM GROVE. AND IN THIS CHANGEFUL, BUSTLING, AMERICAN LIFE OF OURS, SEVENTY YEARS IS NO CHILD'S HOLIDAY. THE HURRY OF ACTION AND PROGRESS MAY PASS OVER IT WITH QUICK STEP, BUT THE FOOTPRINTS ARE MANY AND DEEP. YOU SURELY WILL NOT WONDER THAT IT MADE ME SAD AND THOUGHTFUL TO BREAK THE CHAIN OF YEARS THAT BOUND TO MY HEART THE OAKS, THE HILLS, THE SPRINGS, THE VALLEY and such a valley a wild stream runs through it large enough to make a river for english landscape winding between rich banks where in summer time the swallows build their nests and brood by myriads tall elms rise here and there along the margin and with their uplifted arms and leafy spray throw great patches of shade upon the meadow old lion-like oaks too where the meadow soil hardens into rolling upland fasten to the ground with their ridgy roots and with their grey scraggy limbs make delicious shelter for the panting workers or for the herds of august westward of the stream where i am lying the banks roll up swiftly into sloping hills covered with groves of oaks and green pasture-lands dotted with mossy rocks and farther on where some wood had been swept down some ten years gone by the axe the new growth heavy with the luxuriant foliage of spring covers wide spots of the slanting land while some dead tree in the midst still stretches out its bare arms to the blast a solitary mourner over the wreck of its forest brothers eastward the ridgy bank passes into wavy meadows upon whose farther edge you see the roofs of an old mansion with tall chimneys and taller elm-trees shading it beyond the hills rise gently and sweep away into wood-crowned heights that are blue with distance at the upper end of the valley the stream is lost to the eye in a wide swamp wood which in the autumn time is covered with a scarlet sheet blotched here and there by the dark crimson stains of the ash tops farther on the hills crowd close to the brook and come down with granite boulders and scattered birch trees and beeches under which upon the smoky mornings of may i have time and again loitered and thrown my line into the pools which curl dark and still under their tangled roots below and looking southward through the openings of the oaks that shade me i see a broad stretch of meadow with glimpses of the silver surface of the stream and of the giant solitary elms and of some old maple that has yielded to the spring tides and now dips its lower boughs in the insidious current, and of clumps of alders and willow-tufts, above which, even now, the black-and-white-coated Bobolinkin is wheeling his musical flight, while his quieter mate sits swaying on the topmost twigs. A quiet road passes within a short distance of me, and crosses the brook by a rude timber bridge beside the bridge is a broad glassy pool shaded by old maples and hickories where the cattle drink each morning on their way to the hill pastures a step or two beyond the stream a lane branches across the meadows to the mansion with the tall chimneys i can just remember now the stout broad-shouldered old gentleman with his white hat his long white hair and his white-headed cane Who built the house and who farmed the whole valley around me he is gone long since and lies in a graveyard looking upon the sea the elms that he planted shake their weird arms over the mouldering roofs and his fruit garden shows only a battered phalanx of mossy limbs which will scarce tempt the july marauders in the other direction upon this side the brook the road is lost to view among the trees but if i were to follow the windings upon the hillside it would bring me shortly upon the old home of my grandfather there is no pleasure in wandering there now the woods that sheltered it from the northern winds are cut down the tall cherries that made the yard one leafy bower are dead the cornice is straggling from the eaves the porch has fallen the stone chimney is yawning with wide gaps within it is even worse the floors sway upon the mouldering beams the doors all sag from their hinges the rude frescoes upon the parlor wall are peeling off all is going to decay and my father sleeps in a little graveyard by the garden wall a lane branches from the country road within a few yards of me and leads back along the edge of the meadow to the homely cottage which has been my special care its gray porch and chimney are thrown into rich relief by a grove of oaks that skirts the hill behind it and the doves are flying uneasily about the open doors of the granary and barns the morning sun shines pleasantly on the gray group of buildings and the lowing of the cows not yet driven afield adds to the charming homeliness of the scene but alas for the poor azaleas and laurels and vines that i had put out upon the little knoll before the cottage door they are all of them trodden down only one poor creeper hangs its loose tresses to the lattice all dishevelled and forlorn this by-lane which opens upon my farmhouse leaves the road in the middle of a grove of oaks the brown gate swings upon an oak-tree, the brown gate closes upon an oak-tree. There is a rustic seat, built between two veteran trees, that rise from a little hillock nearby. Half a century ago there was a rustic seat on the same hillock, between the same veteran trees. I can trace marks of the old blotches upon the bark, and the scars of the nails upon the scathed trunks. Time and time again it has been renewed. This, the last, was built by my own hands, a cheerful and a holy duty. Sixty years ago, they tell me, my grandfather used to loiter here with his gun, while his hounds lay around under the scattered oaks. Now he sleeps, as I said, in the little graveyard yonder, where I can see one or two white tablets glimmering through the foliage. I never knew him. He died, as the brownstone tablet says, aged twenty-six. Yesterday I climbed the wall that skirts the yard, and plucked a flower from his tomb. I take out now from my pocket-book that flower, a frail, first-blooming violet, and write upon the slip of paper into which I have thrust its delicate stem. From my grandfather's tomb, 1850 but other feet have trod upon this knoll far more dear to me the old neighbours have sometimes told me how they have seen forty years ago two rosy-faced girls idling on this spot under the shade and gathering acorns and making oak-leaved garlands for their foreheads alas alas the garlands they wear now are not earthly garlands upon that spot and upon that rustic seat i am lying this may morning i have placed my gun against a tree my shot pouch i have hung upon a broken limb i have thrown my feet upon the bench and lean against one of the gnarled oaks between which the seat is built my hat is off my book and paper are beside me and my pencil trembles in my fingers as i catch sight of those white marble tablets gleaming through the trees from the height above me like beckoning angel faces if they were alive two more near and dear friends in a world where we count friends by units it is morning a bright spring morning under the oaks these loved oaks of a once cherished home last night i slept in yonder mansion under the elms the cattle going to the pasture are drinking in the pool by the bridge THE BOY WHO DRIVES THEM IS MAKING HIS SHRILL HALLOO ECHO AGAINST THE HILLS. THE SUN HAS RISEN FAIRLY OVER THE EASTERN HEIGHTS, AND SHINES BRIGHTLY UPON THE MEADOWLAND AND BRIGHTLY UPON A BEND OF THE BROOK BELOW. THE BIRDS, THE BLUEBIRDS, SWEETEST AND NOISIEST OF ALL, ARE SINGING OVER ME IN THE BRANCHES. A WOODPECKER IS HAMMERING AT A DRY LIMB ALOFT and carlo pricks up his ears and looks at me then stretches out his head upon his paws in a warm bit of the sunshine and sleeps morning brings back to me the past and the past brings up not only its actualities not only its events and memories but stranger still what might have been every little circumstance which draws on the awakened memory is traced not only to its actual but to its possible issues what a wide world that makes of the past a great and gorgeous a rich and holy world your fancy fills it up artist-like the darkness is mellowed off into soft shades the bright spots are veiled in the sweet atmosphere of distance and fancy and memory together make up a rich dreamland of the past. And now, as I go on to trace upon paper some of the visions that float across that dreamland of the morning, I will not, I cannot say how much comes fancy-wise, and how much from this vaulting memory. Of this the kind reader shall himself be judge." End of Fourth Reverie Morning, Noon, and Evening Preface